The Jake Podcast is brought to you by nobody. Let's go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Jake Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Brainy. With me today is my good friend and former teammate at Red Bank Catholic, Zach Flaherty. I'll get to him in a minute. I just wanted to thank a few people for helping me out with this. This is my first ever podcast recording. I've had a couple demo runs with uh, a good friend of mine, Owen Stewart, but uh, those are kind of in the vault right now and not really for the release. But a quick shout out to Zach Flaherty, who's helped me get on my feet here. Uh, my cousin and good friend Derek Brainy, who did the artwork for the Jake podcast. And of course, Owen Stewart, my former co host, who I'm sure will be back on the show soon. So, just a little rundown of what you're going to hear on the Jake. Today is Wednesday, April 26th, and tomorrow is one of my favorite days of the year for the sports calendar, the NFL draft. So, this episode's going to be primarily draft based, but. Going forward, I'll talk about whatever I want to talk about. That could be Cleveland sports, which will be most of the time. Also, some bad reality TV. I love The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and the whole Bachelor family. I'll talk about that on Monday nights, whenever. But for now, we're going to focus on the NFL draft. And with me today is my good friend, Zach Flaherty. Zach, how are we doing? Oh, Jaker. I just want to say it's uh, such an honor to be... Uh... On the first edition of the Jake, and you know, I'm just looking forward to so many more. Uh, you know, it was an honor being a teammate of yours in high school, and uh, honor to still, uh, you know, continue to be friends. And uh, look, and you know, I, I, I hope this is, is this isn't the only time I'm on the Jake. No, it certainly won't be the only time you're on the Jake. Uh, you know, you have a podcast yourself. You want to talk about that for a second? Yeah. Well. Uh, you know, it's called a Zach Attack Sports Corner. Um, it originally started on the uh, the FDU uh, online radio. Uh, you know, uh, F- on FDU Blogspot. Um, you know, uh, it was an on-campus thing, but uh, you know, it took a little bit of a hiatus. But you know, through encouragement, uh, you know, some self and uh, some by others, uh, I decided to bring it back. Um, I, I uh, mostly talk about the uh, the New York Mets. Um, Got my Mets Monday as well as you know, uh, you know, uh, for for most most games I do a little post game and then kind of just whatever whatever uh, comes comes to mind and uh, you know 
talking a little NFL draft. Um, you know, last week talked a little NHL playoffs. Um, but yeah, no, um, you know, really just kind of whatever comes to mind in the world of sports. Love it. Absolutely love it. So we'll pick up right where you were talking about. The NFL draft is tomorrow night. Uh, it's my favorite sporting event of the year. That's mainly because the Browns, my favorite team, are usually saying that this is the most important draft for the Cleveland Browns. And that's a problem because we're often at the bottom where these picks matter a lot. So going into this draft, we have the number one overall pick. I think it has to be Miles Garrett. I've said this time and time again that this guy is a generational talent. He's a big-time superstar in the making. And for the Browns to pass on him, it would be a very Brownsian move as we're used to. And I am not ready to do that, especially since I'm going to be at the draft on Friday. So uh, I can't be hanging my head low. i got to be bragging a lot on Friday. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, it seems like... uh... It's it's almost a unanimous thought that Miles Garrett's going to be the number one pick. Um, you know, seems like he's got all the measurables. You know, he's he's uh, he's got the game film as well as uh, the uh, the stellar combine numbers. And hey, you know what? Um, I feel like a lot of times, you know, everyone says the quarterback is the most important position in football as well as all of sports, and that's true. I agree with that. But you know, I feel like. Uh, you know, you, you, you can never go wrong with defense, and and you win and lose games in the trenches. And you know what? With uh, with Jamie Collins on the other side of him, uh, you know yeah, that could yeah, that absolutely. could have that could have potential. Even with Shelton inside, I love you know, Danny he's, Shelton. Yeah. He's he's a he's a very solid player. You know that could be a very solid front in a in a division where you got. You got Ben Roethlisberger. You got Joe Flacco. You got the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. Um, you know you're gonna need a pass rush, and I think that gets solidified for the Brownies. It was probably outside of quarterback the biggest need for the Browns last year, so it's no surprise that it's being talked about now. Normally, I would be all about oh, first overall pick. We gotta go quarterback. We never have a quarterback. It just seems like this isn't the best year to be needing a quarterback. We, uh, you know, on your podcast earlier, we talked about you know Jets needing a quarterback, and that's well and all. And you know, you if you go out and you get yourself Mitch Trubisky, Pat Mahomes, that's fine if you think he's the guy. I just don't see them passing on a talent like Miles Garrett at one. So, you know, that's that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. And, uh, and yeah, I, I they have other picks in this draft. If they want to go get a quarterback, they have the ammo. They can go get one. That's totally fine with me. I just I don't want to pass on Miles Garrett. I will spin myself into liking whatever they do at one, no question. But I really hope it's Garrett. Yeah, no. And, uh, you know, we didn't touch on this on the earlier uh, uh, podcast, Um uh, you know, obviously, great, great to have have you as a guest on mine and uh, mine on yours. But um, you know, talking about the quarterback position with the Browns, um, how do you, how do you feel about Cody Kessler? You know, I actually really like Cody Kessler. He got a bad rap last year because of you know he had got two concussions. He was surrounded by a pretty poor offensive line that season because of the injuries. But when he was on the field, you know, he it wasn't his fault that the Browns lost to the Dolphins. They missed three field goals that game and still lost in overtime. He led down like six or seven scoring drives. It just, they didn't capitalize on the kicks. 
I re- and that was his first start ever. I like the kid. I think if you protect him, which they invested in heavily this that's, offseason. That's for sure. They went out and they paid Kevin Zeitler, made him the highest paid guard ever. They extended Joel Batonio to make him one of the highest paid guards in the NFL. They went out and got J.C. Treader. They still have Joe Thomas at left tackle, one of the best offensive linemen you know, in Brown's history, if not the best. Right tackle is a bit of a question mark, but Joe Thomas is vouching for the young kid Sean Coleman from Auburn. He could be the play. Uh, Cameron Irving it, it was a center. It didn't really work out for him, but he's going to be battling at right tackle. Spencer Drango gave us some time last year. My dad's cousin, Johnny Greco, he's played center guard and tackle. I think right tackle is not going to be a big issue. They're going to be able to protect Kessler. If they can protect him, Kessler's a pretty decent backup for you know the time being if they go young quarterback and don't want to throw him into the fire right away. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, obviously the Browns, it was just an all-around tough season, so it was tough to fully evaluate. But, you know, I thought Kessler sh- uh, showed some good things. Whether or not he's the future of the Browns, I'm not sure. But, you know, I, you know, he's, he's still a young guy. So, uh, you know, I think I think if you do, if, uh, you know, if by any sort of stretch of the imagination, Watson or Trubisky aren't available at number 12, I, you, you know, at least you have that sort of uh, security blanket where you could still be able to see what you have in Kessler. Now, I mean, I don't, I don't know, um, I don't know how much better the Browns will be this year than last year. But you know, I think <clears throat> you'd still probably be able to to get some sort of assessment on Kessler uh, if if you don't take one of these quarterbacks, or if you do. And you don't start them right away. Yeah, and you know, the other thing is if they decide to not go quarterback at 12, they could be getting a guy like O.J. Howard who could help Cody Kessler. You know, so instead of drafting a quarterback to compete with the incumbent quarterback, you're going out and you're getting a guy that helps your quarterback that you currently have. So it's kind of like a two-for-one right there by not only keeping the guy you have, but helping him instead of creating competition. So I can kind of sell myself on either direction they go in. If they decided to go Garrett at one and then another defensive stud, that's great. We could use help all over the defensive backfield. So if they went corner, safety, whatever they end up doing, I'm totally fine with that route. And if they went O.J. Howard, I'm, I really like O.J. Howard. I think he's going to be a stud. Well, not only has he performed in big spots, obviously, at Alabama, because it's like, let's face, face it, every game is pretty much a big game yeah, at Alabama. Yeah, totally. But, you know, really, really uh, – you know, really excelled at the combine, and you know that's that's where a lot of people measure these guys. And the last time the Browns took a tight end out of Alabama, it worked pretty good. Ozzie Newsome turned out to be a pretty good player. The Wizard of Oz, a pretty pretty darn good player, and a very good GM as well. So you know, I that's the Browns stance at one and twelve right now. A lot's going to happen tomorrow night. You can check me out on my Facebook Live. I'll be going on probably seven thirty, seven forty five ish. I announced seven earlier, but I realized that's a lot of time before the. 8 o'clock first pick. So we'll be checking in around 7.30, 7.45. I'll have my big board. I will already have this podcast out. I'll have my mock draft ready to go, which I'm sure is plenty awful by now. Um, but and, and I will be answering questions on the Facebook Live. And then Friday, I will be at the draft. Uh, you can follow me on Snapchat, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, JakerBaker58, where I will be live doing everything and hopefully not making a darn fool out of myself when I'm there. So, But I'm not going to talk about just the Browns tonight. I'm really proud of my big board. I did 50 evaluations, or I did play more than 50 evaluations, but I picked 50. And 
I really like the top seven this year. I think there are seven stud players in this draft, and the Browns could possibly get two of them, but there are going to be anyone picking in the top ten can get one of these guys. So Miles Garrett being the obvious one at number one. He's my top overall player by a pretty long shot. He's in this tier 1A of himself, and I'll go tier 1B for the next six guys. Leonard Fournette from LSU, I think this running back is, I'm a big homer for Zeke Elliott. I think the guy was awesome last year, but I think Leonard Fournette's better. He does everything wow. you want. Yeah, I know. He's, he does everything That's you want cool. a running back to do. Uh, if he can stay healthy, because I know he kind of, you know, battled some injuries this year. I think that was more or less, you know, just, hey, preparing himself for the NFL. But I think Leonard Fournette, if he goes to the right situation, which, you know, there isn't going to be as good of a situation as what Zeke Elliott went to with the Cowboys. That's the best situation a running back can get. But I think Leonard Fournette, if he lands himself with the Bengals, with the Panthers, a team that's ready to compete right now, I think he could really step up and be a, a, a very good pro early on. That's my number two prospect. My number three is Malik Hooker, the safety of Ohio State. I was recently ripped for putting Hooker this high, uh, being called a homer, saying that this was uh, uh, me being my Ohio State bias, but it's really not. I watched every Ohio State game last year. I love Hooker. He's only been playing football for four years. He has range that Daniel Jeremiah, my favorite scout out there, can only compare to Ed Reed. That's that's insane. Ed Reed's a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. Oh, there's I, no doubt about that. I mean, that. that's insane uh, comparison to make. So for him to be only four years into his football career and to be getting these comparisons to Ed Reed, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. He's not just a ball hawk. He, yes, creates turnovers. He's got great hands. And his range is elite. But he's also a sure tackler. If he's healthy, and, and I'll say this right now, I'm never going to question a guy's health. I'm not a doctor. I don't have medical records. So I'm never going to say, oh, well, he's hurt. He's this or he's that. I know that it's out there. I'm not going to let that go into my evaluations. So assuming Malik Hooker's healthy, the guy is a stud. And I think he's going to make a, a team really good this year. I think it's going to be maybe the Chargers, maybe the Jets, maybe a little higher. Uh, but I think Malik Hooker is is really something else. Um, so yeah, so that's my third best player. My fourth is a uh, guy you really like, Jonathan Allen, uh, defensive lineman like out of Allen. Alabama. What do you think? No, yeah, I mean, hey, he's a he he's he's a stud. You know, he's he's rated high on a lot of people's boards, and uh, you know what? You can never have enough defensive linemen. I you know obviously. Obviously, uh, you know, they say you can never have enough pass rushes, but you can really never have enough interior linemen, outside linemen, because not only, not only do you need to have depth there to, you know, to be able to get after the quarterback and, and stop the run game, but, you know, a lot of a lot of teams, a lot of the teams who have the best pass rush, they're very deep, too. Yeah, yeah you so. can't just have a starting defensive line. You need to have six to seven, maybe even eight guys that play. And considering John Allen's defensive uh, scheme, he could fit really anywhere. If you have a 3-4, he's playing on a five technique, uh, which is outside the tackle. If you run a 4-3, he could play the three technique off of a guard shoulder. He could do a lot of different stuff there. If you run a four front, he can bounce outside sometimes. He's a very diverse defensive player. He has an interior rush like no other. And you and I both know when you start up front, the offensive line and the defensive line, it makes everyone behind them better. And as an offensive lineman, 
you want to build your line because if the line is no good, it affects the quarterback, it affects the running game, and it affects the receivers too. I know a lot of people don't think that has anything to do with it, but it really does. The receivers have timing in all of their routes. If the quarterback is not doing timing based on the offensive line, everyone's off kilter and you see a bad football team. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. You know, obviously it's it's it sounds cliche, but everything does does pretty much start with the offensive and defensive line. It starts up front, and and that's what I was saying with the offensive line. If you have a good offensive line, it provides the good running game. It provides the time for the quarterback and the timing for the route runners. Same thing goes for the defense. If you provide a pressure up front, your D backs are covering for less. Your linebackers are covering for less. It's creating holes for your linebackers to fill and step up instead of holes that the line is providing for the running back. They're creating the pressure. So I really like stepping up and taking a guy like John Allen. So my fifth best player will move right along to Jamal Adams. Safety, LSU. This guy's a stud. He does everything you want to do. I think he's a great fit for the Bears at three, but he could go to a couple different teams and be an instant playmaker. It's a pretty safe pick. A lot of people have him above Malik Hooker. He's a different safety than Malik Hooker. I think it's important to remember that. But the guy lays the bar when he makes hits. He provides fumbles. He provides interceptions. He's a playmaker. Yeah, no, no, and that, that's that's what that's what you need, you know. LSU seems to seems to breed these defensive backs, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, you know, it, it, you might you might see a little bit of honey badger in it. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, I mean, and he's bigger than the honey badger. That was the one thing that people don't like about the honey badger is the little small guy. Jamal Adams has the perfect size for a safety. So oh, think yeah. think about it like that. And he's not lacking in speed. He's not lacking anywhere. The guy's a complete complete safety. Um, my sixth best is Solomon Thomas, defensive lineman out of Stanford. When we go back to the D line and John Allen, you know we talk about scheme versatility. Solomon Thomas, I still don't know what position he plays. Is he a three technique? You know he weighs two hundred and seventy three pounds. Is that enough to be a D tackle? I think it is. It's only a couple pounds less than Aaron Donald. You know, and Aaron Donald, he's one of the best in the league. league. And he's a guy that he uses his hands, he uses his arms, he's a smart defensive player. And I think that's what you get from Solomon Thomas from Stanford. So I like him at a three technique. I think where he's going to get drafted, if he goes to San Francisco, if he goes to Jacksonville, even if he goes to the Bears, um, a lot of the teams that could be taking him, probably not going to play him on the inside. They're probably going to play him on the outside where he'll be just as good there. He'll be probably one of the better run-defending DNs early in his career. He'll provide enough of a pass rush to be justifiably up there. He's a smart guy. He's a hard worker. I really love him. And, you know, I think it's interesting when you're talking about uh, Solomon Thomas. You know, a lot of people are, are not sure whether or not he's big enough to play defensive tackle in the NFL. But, you know, um, you know, I think uh, his versatility, you know, his uh, his ability to, uh, you know, it, it to me sometimes defense playing interior defense alignment is kind of like wrestling, where you know when when you're able to have good technique and you're able to you know just just be physical and and uh, you know squeeze and, and play play you know almost be skinny inside, um, you know I I, I think. I think uh, it, it could cause problems for guys yeah. trying to block you. Yeah, agreed. And that's why you take a guy like that. You provide the pressure up front from different angles that you don't really know where it's going to come from all the time. So I really like Solomon Thomas as one of those top guys. The last one I have in this top tier, this 1B after Miles Garrett, would be Marshawn Ladmore, cornerback out of Ohio State. This is a really great defensive back draft. 
Uh, that, it's very, sure. it's very deep. very deep. If you don't get a cornerback in the first round, not, do not panic because the guys that you could be taking in the mid thirties, forties in that second round could be, could be taken in the first round too. So, you know, I look at guys like you know Marlon Humphrey, Adore Jackson, Kevin King, uh, uh, Tre'Davious White from LSU. Uh, you know, there are so many corners that you can take one mid first round, mid second round, and it might be the same talent wise. Other than Marshawn Lattimore, I think Lattimore is the number one corner. Again, he's had hamstring issues in the past. I'm not gonna knock him for that. Talent-wise, the guy is a shadow. You can't get rid of him. He's constantly on the receiver hip. He's got great hands. Uh, he makes plays, and he's the classic number one corner. Good size, good tackling ability. There's really nothing much to knock him for other than those hamstring issues, and I'm not going to do that. Yeah, no, no. I mean, obviously, hamstring issues are big for mm-hmm. uh, for anybody, let alone a defensive back. But you know, the, the guy definitely has a lot of skill. And uh, he's he's going to be picked very high. Yeah, that's my top seven, my tier one. You know, I have a couple guys around there like O.J. Howard and Reuben Foster. Um, I did have Garyon Conley high up there, but as we've seen this week, draft season is so long, stuff's going to come out. Garyon Conley was recently accused of raping a girl, and that's a big buzz issue around this time of the year. You, you know, th- this is coming out. It's an accusation right now. You know, and that's really going to hurt him for the draft, whether it's true or not. And I'm not here to speculate. I'm just saying a lot of stuff comes out this time of year that there is so little time to, to fully get the full diagnosis of all this. Last year, or uh, two years ago, Lyle Collins, offensive lineman for the Dallas Cowboys, was involved in this murder investigation, and he dropped off the board completely. Turns out he had absolutely, crazy. absolutely nothing to do with the whole thing. The Cowboys picked him up. Now he's off starting offensive line for the Cowboys after going undrafted. Yeah, and you know, with 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 these whole things, and obviously it's it's nothing to excuse because mm-hmm. you know, no way, yeah. you can't you can't you, you can't condone you know if somebody you know raped someone or you know was uh, was disrespecting someone you know physically. But it's one of those things where you know how how much do you trust? The interview process with a guy like Conley, yeah. with uh, you know even Lyle Collins a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. with Laramie Tunsil from last year, you know, yeah. um, I think uh, I think a lot of it depends on you know how much how much you you ter- you, you trust the interviews as well as you, your uh, your you know player engagement staff, your player development staff. It goes so, to show a lot of how much these scouts actually work on and how important these interviews are. Because when things like this happen late in the process, they need to turn it around and figure out what, what's going on. And a, a couple other things going on is you've had some drug tests gone the wrong way. Jabril Peppers and Ruben Foster are two guys that they're considered first-round prospects, and now they're sliding because of diluted substance in their in their urine samples and this is well what what do you what are you supposed to expect at this process you know you're taking your team that only has one first round pick are you going to take it on a guy that you you might have a might have a drug problem you don't want that to be the case but you got to know so these interviews are so important and that's why the this day this you know this Wednesday night is always a big one where they're checking in on these guys they want to do their last bits of research I mean, I know that this these are some scary topics we're talking about, but 
it's it's a really just it, you know this is a huge time for a lot of teams. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's uh, you know, it, it's it's pretty much what what guys have been working on since even before the combine, and you know, it's pretty much the the last tune-up. Yeah, no, this is this is great. So tomorrow, I'm I'm so pumped. There's going to be a lot going on. A couple things. I'm going to make a few guarantees going into this draft, and, and this is going to be uh, a little risky. It's going to be. But these are my, like, Jaker guarantees. Number one, I think the Browns get a quarterback tomorrow night. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know who it's going to be. It could be Trubisky. It could be Mahomes. It could be Deshaun Watson. It could be Davis Webb. But I think if the Browns don't go quarterback at one, they will either move up from 12, they'll sit back at 12, or... They'll surprise everybody, take a defensive player or O.J. Howard at 12, and then they'll move up from 33 into the late 20s and get a quarterback. Yeah, I could, I could, I could see that. I mean, I've, I've seen, uh, I've seen mocks where you know teams have traded up to get like a Deshaun Kaiser or even a even a Patrick Mahomes late later in the first round, just because they don't think they're you know top top half of the first round worthy to pick. Yeah. But they, but at the same time. They could use another quarterback. Okay, my next guarantee, I got three running backs going in the top 15 and no O-linemen going in the top 20. This is backwards of what draft history is. It, it, ba- it basically is. I mean, you know, you got, I mean, I, it's not the deepest draft for running backs, but, you know, it's... It's, it's top heavy. It's, it's one of, it's very top heavy. And it's not very deep for offensive line. Yeah, well, okay, so the three running backs I'm talking about are Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, and Dalvin Cook. I think two of those guys, the first two, McCaffrey and Fournette, they're going to be top ten picks. I think the Panthers get one, and I think the Niners get Fournette at two. So that's where I'm kind of leaning right now. And I think Dalvin Cook, he's not going to make it past that Eagles, Colts, Ravens area of the draft. I know. I, I, I know Philadelphia loves Dalvin. Philly Cook. would love that. The place would erupt if they picked. You know. You know. This is their first draft. They would go nuts. He would be in, amazing for them. Again, it's it's a position you don't usually take this high in the draft, though. And the reason is usually you can fill the running back position with later picks. You know, the Browns had Isaiah Crowell rush for 950 yards on a really bad team this year. He was undrafted. You can find guys like that later in the draft. So why would you take a running back in the first round? These guys are that special. You know, Christian McCaffrey can do it all. He's being compared to Jamal Charles, but with better durability. Leonard Fournette is being compared to Adrian Peterson. These are top-notch running backs that are going. On the offensive line, though, you know, we go back three years, there are three offensive linemen taking the top four picks, and the fourth one's taking 11th. So this is a little backwards to say that nobody's going in the top 20, but it's just that type of year. There's no linemen to go there. The defense is so heavy in this draft. Running back's good. Quarterback's always a need, so a couple quarterbacks will go in the top 20. I just don't see a lineman falling there, and I think the Denver Broncos at 20 would be the first spot. Yeah, I mean, I I had Cincinnati taking an offensive lineman at nine, but uh, even even I think that's a little bit of a reach. Ew. But I just think it's a little bit out of desperation because obviously they lost Whitworth, they lost uh, Zeitler, the, yeah. Zeitler who went to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I just think the the Bengals are kind of at the point right now where they 
they uh, they need they need an offensive lineman, and I, I just have a feeling they're going to reach. Yeah, I mean, if they did go line there, it would help a lot of teams they are drafting right behind them because there are some really elite players up there. To be taking an offensive lineman over them, it would be, I think, in my opinion, it would be a bit of a mistake and a bit of a reach. I think the Bengals want to go O-line, they could go the second round, but we see this. Teams draft O line, so it wouldn't be a big surprise if a team made a reach. You know, it's the it's one of the most important facets of the of, of a football team is to have a strong offensive line. So you need to you need five of them. You know, you can't just have two good linemen. No line is made up of two good linemen. Yeah, exactly. So so yeah, so that's that would be my next guarantee. And my final guarantee, this one's this one's a little tough, but I'm going two safeties in the top five. It's never happened. It, it'd be crazy. And I even think a tight end goes top six too. This is this is some really wild stuff here. OJ Howard is rising up boards. Jamal he has, Adams he has been. Yeah. Jamal, Jamal Adams and Malik Hooker have been at the top consistently. These are just you know the reason that this is bold is because this just doesn't happen. You don't take these guys so high, but these guys are so special. They are really breaking out into what could be elite players at their position. And when you can do that, when you can get a guy that you're pretty certain is going to be an elite player at his position, there is really no cap to where how high they could go. So if you see O.J. Howard go to the Jacksonville Jaguars who just traded Julius Thomas, you know maybe they decide he's worth it if the running back is, is off the board. Maybe two safeties go 2-3. You know, Bears, Niners, they could use these safeties. They go 3-5. Titans could use one, too. I think it's just going to be a very topsy-turvy draft. The, the, the Browns are going to get a quarterback, and I just I really hope they're going to get Miles Garrett. I, I'd be really bummed if they don't leave the draft with, you know, the big number 1-5 out of Texas A&M. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of funny, too, uh, considering, you know, as, as you said, this is an, uh, an odd year, you know, with... All the defensive backs, uh, not uh, the top-heavy running backs, not very, you know, not very skilled as far as offensive line goes, and you know, a tight end in the top ten, and it's it kind of it's kind of interesting with that, you know, alluding to that because, um, you know, I just feel like there's just so many so many teams where there are so many holes with these teams that like. Most teams are going to go best player available anyway. Yeah, like, absolutely. Obviously, you look at the Browns, you look at San Francisco, the Bears, the Jets. Um, you know, so so many of these teams, they just, they just, you know, even though I said Cincinnati before with the specific, I just feel like there's so many teams where, you know, or not so many. I mean, but a decent amount where you know you're just going to be, you're just going to, you're just going to, they're, they're just going to uh, take the best player available. Yeah. Final word before we get out of here for this draft preview. A player that you really like, that you think might sneak around and surprise people. Mine is Buddha Baker, safety from Washington. This guy lays out. He plays hard every play. He's a bit small for the position of safety, but the guy is dynamite to watch. He is so much fun. I think he sneaks into the end of the first round as a guy that you know a lot of people might not know a lot about, but... You know, every scout that I've heard from, whether it's Matt Miller, Daniel Jeremiah, or, or Bucky Brooks, um, these guys love Buda Baker. I think he's going to be an awesome, hard-hitting defensive back at the end of first round. Um, yeah, I think uh, with with mine, um, you know, 
I'd probably say it's Corey Davis from Western Michigan. Oh, I love Corey Davis. You know, I I see I see he, he, him going like the very end of the first round on a lot of mocks. I think he's one of the best receivers out there. I I, I think I'm guessing he's going to go into the, into the top twenty, and I could I could see him being taken uh, by a team like Washington, who although they added Terrell Pryor. Uh, you know they they're still not really sure what they have in Doxon yet, and uh, and you know D Jackson Garcon both left. I love Corey Davis. I think he's the best receiver in this draft. A lot of people are saying, well, it's Mike Williams. You look at the body, you look at the production, you look at the team that he played for. You know, it's got to be Mike Williams. But I look at Corey Davis and I go, he's a perfect route runner, literally perfect. He catches everything. He's the all-time leader in receiving yards. This guy is awesome. He's going to go to a team, and he's going to be like Terrell Owens. You know, the guy catches everything. He runs perfect routes. If he makes it into the twenties, that would be a huge miss by teams like the Redskins, uh, even the Tampa Bay Bucks. They could use another target out there. That would be something. Yeah. You know, Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, and Corey Davis. Oh, that'd be something. Don't don't forget Vincent Jackson either. And as yeah, and as much as I hate to admit it. I think the Baltimore Ravens picking Corey Davis might be the pick of the first round. If they left the draft with Corey Davis as their number one, I think it would be my favorite draft pick and my least favorite as a Browns fan. So, you know, you got to keep that in mind. I mean, yeah, the Brown, the uh, Ravens, you know, Ravens could definitely use another receiver. Uh, Aiken's gone. You know, they're still not really sure what they have in Perryman. And, uh, you know, Mike Wallace showed some good good things last year. But the inconsistencies of his career, you know, have to worry you. Yeah, as as a Ravens fan and as a as a Raven. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's it for this week on the Jake Podcast. This was a special draft preview. Next week we will be previewing the Bachelorette, which I'm really excited for this season. I think Rachel was a perfect pick as the Bachelorette. She's a dime, ten out of ten. Great looking girl. She's got. She is a smart girl. This is going to be a really fun season of The Bachelorette. Um, and going forward, we're going to preview Cleveland Indians baseball. We're going to, all the baseball season, uh, you know, for for basically everybody this summer. But uh, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. This special draft pe- preview is you know near and dear to my heart because I've been a big fan of the draft ever since. You know, I wrote that poem as a sophomore that got me a job at Sports Illustrated. So this is a this is a big night for me. Oh yeah, I remember that. That poem was amazing, very legendary. Yeah. And and Jake, thanks again for uh for having me on on the first ever episode of the Jake. Really couldn't be more honored. And uh and hey, good luck the rest of the way. And I'm really looking forward to it. Zach, where can people find you? Oh, uh, you could find me on on Facebook. Zachary John Flaherty, the first. You can find me Instagram, Graham underscore Zachar, Twitter at the Zaxi Cab. And uh, what, what is my Snapchat? Oh, my Snapchat. Oh, you know, since you added Snapchat, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll add Snapchat yeah. too. Uh, Zach underscore John one. Nice. Very nice. Well, Zach, appreciate having you on. Uh, Good luck going forward with all of your stuff. I'm sure we will be seeing plenty of each other on these podcasts. And uh, to everyone that came in tonight, just want to thank you for joining in. And uh, if the draft isn't your thing, I apologize, but it's my thing. Uh, (laughs) Next week, we will talk about a little more diverse things. We're going to get into movies, television. But uh, for the draft preview, I'm Jake Brainy. He's Zach Flaherty. And thank you. Have a good weekend. And go Browns.
Oh yeah, you, you 